Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> AKA Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to inspire you to achieve your dreams, whatever they are. I've got two very interesting people who learned something about themselves along the way a little bit later in life. We're not talking 90s or 100s. We're not talking 20s or 30s. We're talking maybe 50 or 60 or something like that. They have achieved so much, and I'm so proud to have them here. Let me tell you who they are very briefly. And then we'll do what first, 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 wait a minute, Robert Miller and Amanda Rose, PhD, you have to do a shout out to LLL. Say hello, LLL, Robert and Amanda. Hello, LLL. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. And we're taking up a GoFundMe to move her from Whitestone, New York to London. I promised her it's a pretend GoFundMe. So Robert Miller is here. He became a rock star in his 60s. Say what? Most people were planning their retirement. Robert, I live in a 55 plus community and I know what that's like. I'm still working full time and I'm a little more than you. He started something called the Project Grand Slam. It's a band. It's a sound. It's a bunch of talented musicians. He's got a fabulous singer in the band. He began writing, recording, and performing his own music. He didn't want to just be the guy who opened up. He wanted to be the headliner and Robert Miller is so projectgrandslam.com Robert why don't you say hello to everybody hi everybody how you doing red nice to see you and I met you at the publicity summit in December how time flies happy to have you here love talking about music and I have some notes from some liner notes from some of your albums Robert will talk about that and joining us also today is Amanda Rose PhD we'll find out what her degree is in she's the founder of a weight loss movement called eat like a bear believe it or not and it has to do with internet intermittent fasting it has to do with big salads and big salad meals and eating maybe once a day and working with your insulin levels. It's a little bit keto. It's a lot of common sense. And she was set for bariatric surgery. And along the way, she discovered didn't quite get there, but she lost a hundred plus pounds and looked at pictures a year in between and said, what? Is that really me? And she'll talk about that postcards from, from where was it from San Francisco, Amanda? Yel- Yellowstone. 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 <laughs> it was such a great shot. It could have been the middle of San Francisco. So Amanda Rose, say hello to everybody, please. Hello. Thank you, Red. Great to see you guys today. Thank you very much. And I met you at the Publicity Summit as well. So I'm happy to have both of you. And just for my listeners, I don't put people together because of a similar project, a similar topic. Robert is a musician. Amanda unwittingly is a weight loss specialist. She's a guru. She attracts millions of people. Robert attracts millions of people. They are very, very successful at what they do and people follow them and are inspired by them, which we're going to talk about today. But I didn't put them together because weight loss has anything to do with music. Although if you dance a lot, you could probably burn off calories. I think you both agree with that, but that's that's all the show. I just like to talk to creative people and that's why you're here. So before we get started officially on who you both are and what you do, I'm just going to tell everybody this is March 29th, 2021. It's the 88th day of the Gregorian 
Mayan calendar. And I always say hello to Greg, Greggy or Gregor, whatever his mommy called him, because I love his calendar. Listen up, everybody. Robert, this is for you. There are 277 days left in 2021. I always give that countdown every week because... 2021 is going to be a hell of a lot better than 2020. And you're going to want to make sure you have something very special to drink for New Year's Eve when we go into 2022, which is about nine months and two days away. So the liquor stores are going to be bare by the time we get halfway through 2021. So I give this weekly countdown so people can get ready or just make your own, I don't know, in the garage sink or in the bathtub, a bootleg gin, Kahlua, whatever you want, lemonade, punch, whatever it is. Just get ready for a really good New Year's Eve, I'm promising you, December 31st, 2021 will be a yes, we lived through it. There we go. It's the 13th Monday in in the year 2021, and the Zodiac sign, I think, is still Aries, but I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me. So our theme today is making dreams come true, play your music and eat like a bear, and whoever heard of such a silly thing, but that's what we're talking about. And if you're like me, I don't know if either one of you are like me, it's Passover. So Aziz and Pesach to our Jewish listeners, I celebrated my first Seder with my daughter and son-in-law at their home here in Durham near me, and my son in Florida and his wife, FaceTimed in on an iPad. So we had a little Seder service digitally and in person, and it was lovely. So it's matzo week for me. Robert Miller, I've said enough already. Why don't you give us the real story of who is Robert Miller? When did you decide you wanted to be a headliner in your 60s? Seriously, you put all this work into it, and how successful are you? Robert, welcome. Talk to me. Wow. I read you too much. <laughs> I'm happy to see I'm exhausted you. already. <laughs> Me too. Just listening. That's why you have to talk now. I've, okay. I've said enough. Go ahead. Um, so look, I, I was a musician from, from early on, but it was always kind of a hobby, an avocation. But inside, I always wanted to do it full time. I wanted to be a rock star from when I was a little kid. And the moment that I knew that that's what I wanted to be was the same moment that affected so many millions of other kids around the world. And I'm talking about when this little group from Liverpool, England was on the Ed Sullivan show in 1964. Mm-hmm. And the Beatles just changed everything. Up until then, I had played the trumpet because my father played the trumpet and I was playing trumpet in the school band, the school orchestra, things like that. But, you know, very suddenly trumpet was no longer very cool. Everybody had to play the guitar. So I went out, I, I got a guitar, my friends got guitars. We, we learned how to play. We taught ourselves. I became a bass player only because all my friends were learning to play the treble clef on the guitar. I already knew the treble clef from the, from the trumpet. I became a bass player. And I continued to play, but it was never what I wanted it to be because, you know, what happens in in the world, life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me, too. Life got in the way. Um, I I graduated from college. I was a broadcasting major, and I had this goal. The goal was I was going to do broadcasting during the day and play music at night. And that worked out for a couple of weeks until I realized (laughs) that maybe I was making $100 a week between the two jobs. And I finally said, I got to do something else. And I went off on an odyssey that took me for 15 years away from music. And I hated it. And I was upset, as you can be. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying, I got to get back. I got to get to my dream. I needed to go back to what I wanted to do. But it just took me a long, long time. And finally, I'll get to the end of this. When I was 60, I said, if I'm not going to do it now, when the heck am I ever going to do this? And I made the decision to just jump in the deep end of the pool. 
And that's exactly what I did. And frankly, it's worked out better than I ever could have expected. In just five years or so since I made the decision, um, I've got 10 albums, including a Billboard number one. I've got 4 million video views. I've got a million Spotify streams. I've got 50,000 Facebook fans. I've played concerts and festivals around the world. I've opened for great artists like Edgar Winter and Blues Traveler, Boney James, Mindy Abair, even did an after show for Yes. So I'm living La Vida Loca. <laughs> and it's been a wonderful experience, only interrupted by this terrible pandemic. Mm-hmm. But even during the pandemic, I've kind of figured out a way through that for me creatively, which we can talk about at some point. Thank you, Robert. I'm I'm so impressed with, there's an old-fashioned term, Robert, called stick-to-itiveness. Some of us call it passion, perseverance, um, stubbornness, right? <laughs> you, you, you refuse to become derailed, but it sounds like you, you had this looking in the mirror moment and you said, wait a minute, it's now or never. Not to say it's now, not the song, it's now or never, but you decided I'm either going to do it or it's not going to happen. And you did it. What did family and friends, did they say anything to you like, right? Robert, come on, you tried, all right already. What did they say? They, you know what? My, I have to say, my, I've been married to my wife forever, and uh, she has been completely supportive of everything that I've done. My kids kind of looked at me like I was strange, but they knew I was strange before then. Um, you know, they say that 60 is the new 40, but yep. when you're 60, it's still 60. <laughs> and you kind of know that you're on the far side of the mountain, okay? And that was a big wake-up call for me. And it should be for almost anybody. I believe that everybody's got a dream inside of them. Most people, again, just never get to the point of being able to follow that dream because stuff happens. But you never want to look back on your life and say, oh, why didn't I try? You know, it's the act of trying that to me is the most important thing. The fact that I succeeded, that's great. That's icing on the cake. But it was that act of trying that made me happy. Thank you. And happy is a word we're happy to hear. Robert, I think some people get to that goal and they're not happy because it was different, right? The arrival or getting to where they thought they wanted. They either worked too hard or the wrong way to get there and they're all used up or it wasn't the dream they wanted. But we'll talk more about that. And we'll talk about your music because I did listen to some cuts from Summer of Love 2020 and from PGS 7, which has been called the album of the year. And I I really enjoyed your music. Love your singer, by the way. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about how you take one song on each album from a famous group or a famous performer and you customize it for Project Grand Slam. We're going to do that. So You did your homework, Red. I, I always do. There you go. And if you had a book, I would have read it too because I, <laughs> I read one of Amanda Rose's books. Amanda Rose, officially welcome to Read My Lips. Let's hear about your journey. You, your, your book was well-written. I loved it. I love the conversation, the casual approach. You're just talking like you're talking to a friend. You're very forthcoming, very honest. It's like, what are you going to do? Learn how to change your weight by by a packaged diet, by reading a book, by getting free recipes off of Pinterest? Are you kidding? So let's have a reality check. Amanda Rose, would you please officially introduce my listeners and my viewers to who you are? Tell us a bit about yourself and your journey. Go ahead. Thank you, Red. Well, first, I'm getting all emotional with, with Robert's message and the, 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 the second chances nature of the theme we have going here. Um, just... 
it was just four years ago that I um, walked into my bariatric surgeon's office for a surgery that I never had and I'm no longer qualified for. And um, it, it, it changed my life. I, it, it, it set me off into a psychology of um, getting started on the weight loss in a way that I'd never done before. And I um, found myself at Yellowstone National Park that summer took a photo with my my son so for the viewers on Facebook I know we're on radio but can see yes. this photo here and you can find it on the video a postcard from Yellowstone the thing about it is a year later we recreated the photo when I was oh it, it, the difference between the two photos is 120 pounds and um, I lost 140 altogether and the, the day after I took this after photo I found myself in Utah and I was deep in thought about how I would communicate the message of my experience to people like me a year before when I ran into a woman in um, a stranger in a thrift store who looked just like me the year before. Mm -hmm. And I realized the social complexity of the message of, uh, you know, in weight loss and in approaching pers a person and talking to them about what is a, a very deep and painful experience uh, when you are in this stage. And um, I thought, what would I say to her if I could just pop into her feed on Facebook? And from that, I made the video, a postcard from Yellowstone, which has now been seen by over 5 million people. And I am proud to say that's not the most important number because today, this very day, we hit 75 century cases in our community. Oh. 75 people who've lost over 100 pounds since finding us. And I know we're coming out of COVID. We're going to maybe even hit that century, century mark. And it is just transformational for us to have success with something that you've struggled with your whole life. It's far more than the change that you see in this photo. Yeah. It is completely transformational in here, in you know, the confidence that we have and the, 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 that self-efficacy that you have from being able to succeed on this important point. I want to tell you, I think you're the only person besides me who has ever cried on the show, Amanda. And I say, good. I didn't say good for you. I say good because we're real and we're human and creative people. Right, Robert? Creative people cry once in a while. Oh, yes. And I'm sure Robert has some beautiful ballads about people who have cried. We might talk about that later. Amanda, I want you to add, and thank you for sharing your story. Thank, I want you to talk about Eat Like a Bear. It's part keto. It's part fasting, uh, the three-day challenge. Could you just compress that into about three minutes? Because I, I think everybody wants to know, what is this Eat Like a Bear? Are we going into a cave somewhere? Are we going to hide under a big fur blanket for three months and come out well we all would have loved to have done that during 2020 but what is the concept and and just give us an overview of what it means in terms of real food and not food go ahead amanda so what i did to lose the 140 pounds is i ate one giant meal a day it's called the ridiculously big salad and um, you can find pictures of it it's truly giant and fills my stomach up it takes me about an hour to eat it but that's all i eat for a day and so my the, the early kind of reactions to this meal and this approach was, well, my gosh, you're you're starving yourself just eating once a day. And I'm like, how could I possibly be starving eating this amount of food for one thing, 
but also don't bears do this? I mean, you know, like we find instances of this in nature. And so I did a, a video about three years ago and it was called Eat Like a Bear. And I just, it was kind of tongue in cheek and, and like, you know, maybe I should have starved myself off, like, you know, starved my fat off my body like a bear in hibernation. Perhaps I should have done that at 20 years old instead of 50. And that video kind of caught its own steam. And so when I started the community, that that's where the name comes from, from that early little video that I did. And a, a sort of nod to the bear in hibernation, like perhaps we need to go into hibernation 23 hours a day and burn some of the fat off of our bodies like a bear. And perhaps that's what we should be doing in our COVID hibernations as well. Very, and, and tell us just the little basics about what does it mean in terms of insulin? Why is insulin the enemy? Can I say that? What does it do to intermittently fast and only eat once a day and no carbs? I understand that. So giving up the bread and the pasta and the potatoes and the desserts. What does the insulin have to do with that? I know that's a key to what you did, Amanda. Yes. So first of all, all of those things that many of us have given up many times before do raise our insulin more than other foods. So, you know, that the cookies are going to raise it more than the steak. And so that was the piece that many of us have implemented before. But there's another issue as well. If we're eating over, you know, all the like the six little meals, the eight little meals that you hear about and, you know, breaking it up and, and over the, the course of the day, you're then increasing your, your blood glucose and your insulin throughout the day. And as it turns out, insulin actually makes us fat. And so over time, over the years, we develop a resistance to insulin. And so it's kind of like with, with drugs where you need you know more and more alcohol, for instance, to, to to calm you down at night. And so you you start out as a one, you know, one drink a night person and you end up at 50 as a three cocktail a night person. Not that I, you know, okay. It's the same idea that over the course of your life, your body has to produce more insulin to have the same effect. And so it's, as it's producing more, we're actually getting fatter. And this is why we end up struggling more at, you know, in at older ages. And so what the one meal a day thing does is it really reduces our own um, production of insulin. It helps to bring that insulin resistance down. And so it's an additional tool that we're using that's really, people are seeing strong weight loss effects with it because it's a tool that many of us have not tried before now. And so many of the people who find me have done all the low carb things. So they're ready. They're like ready to implement this big salad idea or variations of it. And then adding this one hour a day aspect just sets it on fire. And I'll tell you something else, Red. You eat, you get it over with, you draw that bright line on food, you walk away from it. Forget about thinking about the nuts all day. Close it off. Go be awesome. Do other things that have nothing to do with the nuts. Let's That's try the way strategy. Thank you. Let's try. Robert, could you eat one huge salad a day? What do you think? I could probably do three big salads a day. No. <laughs> well, you know, what, I'm, I'm curious because when I'm yeah. listening to this, there's obviously some people that are affected the way that you were, Amanda, but other people don't have those same issues and can eat more than the one meal a day and they don't get to that same weight problem. What's the difference? Mm, good question. Yeah, well, I think there are 
could be a big difference in terms of just genetics and insulin resistance. So that could be a factor. But also, I mean, honestly, so my husband, he eats two meals in about five hours. He has a higher caloric, you know, maintenance level for one thing, so he can get away with it. And, uh, and you know, he, he, he so... It is completely dependent on, you know, like our, our structures, how, how active we are and how much we need to lose. So I have people finding me who have lots of weight to lose. They need to keep those calories low. They need to be as aggressive as possible to get past that period. But with, there's lots of people like my husband who take the, what we're learning and then just adapt it. You know, you don't have to be that radical. Just see what's working. If you, if you can figure out what's working for your, you know, for a 75 year old lady in Kansas and say, wow, then, you know, take that and learn from it. And that's, that's, that's what's happening in the community. Interesting. And, and Robert and Amanda's book, she makes a note that fasting is really not that hard. You mentioned the Jewish holiday, my holiday of Yom Kippur, the high holiday where we fast. I fast usually 24 to 26 hours. And some people say, oh, you get so lightheaded and you get a headache and you don't feel so good. I find that when I get past 22 or 23 hours, I feel really good. No headaches, no weakness. When I used to attend temple in, in New York, I could stand for the last hour and a half of the service rather than some people at that point are so weak, they are dizzy, they have to sit. But I found I even here at home doing an online service, I can stand for the last hour. And uh, so it really isn't that hard to do. But we don't eat that big salad at the beginning of Yom Kippur. We might eat it the <laughs> night before, and then we wake up and we fast the whole 24, 26 hours. So it's an interesting point you raise. And, and uh, Robert, also in Amanda's book, she comments that this is not a diet with supplements in a bottle or a package. You're not going to open something. And she talks about the, well, this is a little, a little provocative, she talks about the the diet industry is approaching people who are desperate or at a stage in their life where they don't know what else to do and appealing to that nature and all of the monetary gain and talks about a mediocre industry. And that's another topic we won't get into, but you are provocative in your book, Amanda, and I appreciate that. Robert, I want to talk a little bit about the people in your band, but first, Robert, there's a burning question on everybody's mind. You could have named your band anything, the Robert Miller Band, which sounds like the Steve Miller Band or the Bob Miller Band or the Miller Band or the real. You came up with Project Grand Slam. What does the name mean? Where did you find? How long did it take you to get the name, Robert? Okay, here's the real story. I did have a band early on that I called the Robert Miller Group, and it was so boring. Okay, it was so (laughs) You know, everybody does just that. They name them the bands after themselves. And I got totally bored by the whole idea. So I, when I put this band together, I was thinking I needed something that was really different. And I happened to be a, a movie buff. And there's a film um, that's part of the James Bond series called Goldfinger. Do you remember yep. that movie? Of course. It's all about the plot to steal the gold from Fort Knox. And guess what? In the movie... The plot to steal the gold from Fort Knox is called Project Grand Slam. Oh, for God's sake. So I named the band after that. And then six months later, I actually watched the movie again. And guess what? I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The name in the movie, you know, James Bond says it's Operation Grand Slam, not Project Grand Slam. And I said, oh, no, what am I going to do now? So the first thing I did was I Googled 
Operation Grand Slam. <laughs> and I actually found out that there was some kind of genocidal program in Africa oh, that had the nickname Operation Grand Slam. And I said to myself, I don't think it would be very cool to name a band <laughs> after a genocidal program. So I stuck with Project Grand Slam. And, you know, <laughs> this is really the true story. Wow. Um, and the funny thing is everybody thinks, well, uh, it must have to do with tennis or baseball because it's got Grand Slam in it. So I let everybody, you know, figure out whatever okay, they want. But everybody remembers the name. That's what counts. Oh, that's wonderful. Talk to me. I, thank you for sharing the story. That <laughs> The real stories are the ones that really, really grab us because – they're not really believable, but they are, if you know what I mean. It's like, did he really say that? Yes, he did. <laughs> so you talk about, Robert, in, in your the notes, I'll call it the liner notes, you reimagine a classic rock song for each album. So you did The Kinks, You Really Got Me, and you did Cream's So I'm Glad, and you did The Who's I Can't Explain, and The Beatles' I Want to Be Your Girl from I Want to Be Your Man, which Ringo sang on I Want to Be Your Man, the most obscure Beatles song. So why don't you just spend us a couple been minutes with us telling how you pick the song for each of your albums and do you rewrite the lyrics or do you and who is your singer she's fabulous by the way who is your, well, who is your- i've had a couple of different singers um the, the singer that i have right now is a, a lady named marin marilyn castillo mm-hmm. and she's fantastic fabulous um, i've had some other wonderful singers as well and on the album that you mentioned earlier which is called summer of love 2020 mm-hmm. which was recorded during the pandemic and because of that i couldn't record it in the same fashion as i used to I actually do all the singing on that. So that was my kind of coming out debut album to do the singing. Um, So that's what's going on there. But you asked a question about the, um, I call it the reimagined versions of songs that I do. I don't like to call them covers. Everybody calls Mm -hmm. other, uh, other people's songs covers. Cover to me denotes you just playing the song exactly the way it was originally recorded. And frankly, I have no interest in that. My interest is I, I grew up during the British invasion era of the 1960s. That was the era where I really discovered music. And I loved all those bands, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, the Kinks, etc. And when I finally put this band together, I kind of wanted to pay uh, homage to those groups and also because I, I thought that I could redo these songs in a way that fit with my band so it just started that on each album, I started to do one of these songs. It started with that Jimi Hendrix song called Fire, which I did in 2015. And then from there, I did all the, the uh, groups and the songs that you've talked about. And it's become kind of a signature. And you know what? What I find also is that when we play before an audience that's not familiar with us or mm-hmm. my music, it immediately warms the audience up because they recognize some of these songs. Yes. Very, very true. I've I've noticed that from listening to the clips on your album. And Robert, I want you to send me a link to to download one of your albums. I'd like to have one digitally. I would I would love to because I listened and I said, Wow, I need to have I'm a drummer and I would love to play in my little drum room here. I would love to play over some of the tracks and enjoy your music. I might even send it if it's okay to my drum teacher and and we'll study a couple of your songs. But you go from hard rock to Latin oriented to jazz rock to punk rock to ballads. I'm intrigued. So 
What do you want Project Grand Slam to be known for? All of those genres, Robert? You know what? I, I pride myself on the variety of my music. There's a theme to it. You, can't, you know that it's my band that's playing, but we don't do what some artists do, which is okay for them, but not for me, which is to basically play the same song over and over again. There are some artists that kind of develop a sound and they just stick with it. And you know what? Their fans like it. And I appreciate that that's what works for them. But that's not for me. I always prided myself. I always loved those bands where there was variety to what they did. So we go, in fact, exactly as you said, we go from hard rock to Latin to kind of a New York City groove to ballads. um, And that's just the way it is. And that's the way I'm going to keep it. Thank you. I, I like that. I like the variety. I was listening to these clips and I was just moving around. I, I'm a former dance teacher and dancer. And I was saying, wow, that's really cool Latin. And oh, my goodness, that's so funky. And wow, that's got a nice jazz beat. I was enjoying the variety. But Robert, I was enjoying the surprise. Thank you. And, you know, you mentioned before about crying. And yes. I wrote a song that I wanted to mention because you made me think of it. After the synagogue in Pennsylvania had the gun massacre that took place a couple of years ago, I felt compelled to write something. And I do that frequently. There are social message type songs that Mm -hmm. I feel are important for artists to to write. You know, Dylan used to do that. The Beatles did it. Many artists did it. So few artists do it today. So after that synagogue massacre, I wrote a very spare, somber song. It's just Mm. piano and vocal called Tree of Life. Mm. And it's my anti-gun violence song. And it was on the album uh, PGS7 that we recorded. And I have to say that um, it was a very different song from everything else that I've written. But it's one of those things, as you said, that when you hear it, it just worked. And people, yep. you know, really, it, it, it went right to their heart, which your, is what you try to do. Your music does work. Very, very interesting. Amanda, we have to get you to go to his website, projectgrandslam.com. And listen, you can go to listen and buy and you can listen to all the clips of 30 seconds or so of each cut on the albums. And, and they're really, really cool. Now, what I'd like to do, right, Robert, you don't have anything you could play for us, do you? Not, not yourself physically. Do you happen to have the album teed up, any of your albums on your computer where you could no, play I'm it? No, I'm sorry. I don't have anything. I didn't know I was going to be doing this, but... Um, I, I just thought about it because you're a musician I thought why don't we play <laughs> you know what I might try to finagle some of that up while we're while we're talking but let's go through Amanda you want to say something yeah talk. I want to say I found Robert's YouTube channel and so I'll just give a little shout out people should go find you on YouTube and particularly the the pieces that you did during COVID and you know the way you handled the editing and you know the sort of zoom kind of thing it's fabulous so that's where people that. should look yeah you know, it's funny, during COVID, musicians were hit harder than almost any other group because all of a sudden we couldn't play any longer. We, My band actually played its last live gig on February 20th mm. of 2020. And right after that, the world closed down. And you say to yourself, well, what are you going to do about it? And we were fortunate in that we had finished our last album, which is called East Side Sessions. The month before. It was just coincidence. And uh, as Amanda was just saying, you know, one of the things I said to the band was, okay, well, we can't play live together, but we can put out videos. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. so we took four of the songs from that album and we made videos. And the first two were what I'll call Zoom videos, you know, where everybody's in their little box yep. and we're all lip syncing and lip <clears throat> playing because you couldn't play together. But then we got very creative with the third one. We did an animated video. Oh, fun. And with the fourth one, we, we took a song. I wrote this song. With, it's, a, it's a Western song. It's a parody. And it fit with the video that we found from a 1968 Spaghetti Western movie. And we set the song to this Spaghetti Western movie. And there were people that said, wow, this is fantastic. There are others that just didn't get it at all. But you know what? The entire experience of doing those four videos, we had about a million views on YouTube between the four. So that was the way we spent our COVID vacation. Very, very nice. And I'll tell you, Robert, I started a little band late 2019, early 2020 called Red's Hot Mango. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I just came up with the name. I wanted to call it salsa because it's all that we do. We do covers. Uh, we have a uh, a retired physician. He's a uh, I think he works with the, the Coast Guard. He's a family doctor, and he plays bongos, congas, the uh, 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 quadro. He has a fabulous singing voice. He's a native Puerto Rican, and his Spanish is his first language. And he plays bongos. I'm on drums, and I have a man who's a, a bass player, bass guitar. So we play over tracks of Latin music, many, much of which people have heard we don't do the usual oyo como va and where everybody knows everything we do some things that are a little bit a little bit different a little bit not more obscure but for some people unknown and we were slated to, i had the poster everything ready at our clubhouse here in our community in durham we were slated to go i think april 6th was going to be our debut and our clubhouse shut down on march 14th mm. and that was all she wrote. And we kept practicing a little bit in my garage. We all had garage concert here, by the way, Robert. People are still doing, they're starting again, doing music in your garage in your driveway. Yeah. And people come on golf carts and they, sometimes you get 50, 60 people sitting outside your house and they bring their beer, they bring their wine, they bring their dogs. And for, for blocks around, you can hear the music. And it's just, that's how we got around some of it last summer. And it's going to probably be starting up again. Robert, yeah. you're going to say something? I was going to say, I'm excited because we got our first post-COVID gig, which is coming up. I saw uh, We're that. playing at a festival in Pennsylvania called Music Fest, which is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania each year. It's an incredible experience there because it's the backdrop is this old, unused steel mill. Mm. So you have these steel stacks that are going up 50 feet in the air. They have, you know, uh, stages that they put in front. <clears throat> And somehow they're doing it so that everyone is going to be spaced appropriately. But, you know, it's finally great to be back playing live again. Yes, I know. And I, I'm not telling any tales out of school, but there were some bars here that stayed open without masks and without distancing really? for the past mm-hmm. year. And friends of mine who I was playing at open mics, they were attending every week and posting videos and I don't know how they did it. They weren't trying to go under the radar, but I couldn't. I couldn't go. I couldn't be in a close group of people playing with people. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So I have missed out, but I'm still taking my weekly drum lessons, and we have masks, and they move the drum kits so they're about 10 feet apart. He's on one side of the room. I'm on the other. I bring my own headset. I bring my own sticks. And thank goodness the Zoom drum lessons did not work very well for me because I was just listening to him and taking notes and saying, okay, that's nice. So he was giving me an hour-long concert. and I was, What am I going to do? Now we play. And the, my method of drumming is just, I'll say to him, 
pick a theme and he'll say, okay, we're doing badass country girls today. And he'll pick six or eight. <laughs> he'll do a little bit of Carrie Underwood and a little bit of, of uh, 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 Kelly Clarkson. He'll do a little bit of um, Amanda, uh, what's it, Miranda Lambert, one of my favorites. And he'll just put on the songs and I just play what I hear and I'll watch him out of the corner of my eye to see if there are any special grooves he's doing, any special riffs he's doing. And if there's something I hear that I'm not doing right, I'll do stop and he'll stop. Stop the, it's all on the iPad, headsets, iPod, and he'll stop and explain the groove to me. And that's what I've been doing for about the past six months. And it's Good for you. It's wonderful just to be able to hit those drums hard. At home, I do rim <laughs> shots. I haven't I mean, hit the snare because I don't want my neighbors. Anyway, never mind. Blah, blah, blah. Let's do some famous birthdays. Let's do some national holidays, and we'll talk some more. So today, famous birthdays, 1942 day, March 29th. Astrid Gilberto, the girl from Ipanema. Girl from She's Ipanema. a singer and a songwriter. Everybody say happy birthday, Astrid. Happy birthday. Astrid. Vangelis, a Greek keyboard player and songwriter. You probably know who he yeah. is, Robert. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. born he had in a 40. Big hit. There you go. And what, yeah, what was his, what was it? Do you remember? Oh, God. I should have looked it up. It was like a synth type of sound. It was. Uh, an instrumental. I just can't think of the name of the. Was he pre Yanni? Maybe <laughs> it was pre. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was Yanni before Yanni was Yanni. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I thought. Chad Allen, the Canadian singer-songwriter, guitarist, born in 1943. He's Vangelis' brother, really. Walt Frazier. Let's get into sports. The American basketball go. player and sportscaster. Amy Sedaris, very interesting actress and comedian, born in 1961. We're moving ahead. Elle McPherson, the Australian model and actress, born in. 64. Lucy Lawless. Remember Lucy Lawless, the New, New Zealand actress? Wasn't she somebody in the jungle? She was a, a, a an action star. She yes. just released a show I found on one of the streaming services about two weeks ago called My Life is Murder, where she's playing a retired detective, I think in probably in Australia, a retired detective and the, the guy she used to work for at the, it's like the equivalent of, not MI5, not that high up in the British services, but uh, it, it, she was a detective. Let's just put it that way, in a good one. He comes to her, meets her on a park bench and says, hey, um, I got this case. Do you think you could help me out with this? And there's a young girl in the office who wears really funky, outrageous clothes and jewelry, and she's her go-between. And this woman, Lucy Lawless, plays My Life is Murder. And every time the, the show opens, instead of just having a banner like you do on most TV shows, Robert and Amanda, where it says the name of the show, you'll see My Life is Murder on the top of a billboard or on the side of an oil tanker or on the side of a, of a I don't know, of a bus. And every episode the name of the series is somewhere else. It, it's very, very clever. It's like, where's Waldo, huh? But it's right, and it's very well done. So if you happen to be looking for something, I think there are only six or eight episodes. I, I consumed it in a week or three days. My Life is Murder, it's called, and she investigates murders and solves it. She's really cool. And Jennifer Capriani, our young birthday today, 1976. Oh, my goodness, do we know anybody? Yeah, um, my kids were born before that. Jennifer Capriani, American tennis player. Now let's do the national holiday. Hold on my- one second. Yes. Vangelis did Chariots of Fire. Oh, of course. Of course. Thank you. I should have I should have looked that up. Now, national holidays, March 29th. Today is National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. Do we have any mom and pop businesses you're supporting, Amanda Rose? Absolutely, all the time. You so. want to do a shout out to anybody? Um. The, the little tiny hot springs resort in my community of 200 people. <laughs> nice, nice. Robert, do you have any mom and pop business owners you want to talk about? Mom and pop businesses, yes. There's a couple of bodegas in New York City that I frequent, and I'd love to give them a shout out. Okay, New York City bodegas, Robert Miller has done shout out. 
out. There you go. You've been mentioned on Read My Lips. It's also Smoke and Mirrors Day, which I try not to do with people. No uh, bait and switch. Tomorrow, Tuesday, March 30th, is National. Amanda, this one was for you. It's called National I Am in Control Day. What do you think of that? (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I love that that comes right after the Smoke and Mirrors Day. I know. And Robert, I Am in Control Day. Same thing. This is your day to celebrate what you did with your life. I am in control. I am Robert Miller, right? Sometimes I don't feel in control. I know. Oh, he just froze. There you go. There you go. You froze for a a split second. So a bunch of other holidays tomorrow. If you don't like I'm Control Day, you could celebrate National. It's okay. Pencil Day, Virtual Vacation Day, Take a Walk in the Park Day, and Turkey Neck Soup Day. Amanda, would you have turkey neck soup on your diet? Absolutely. Actually, that's probably a great, great source of, you know, collagen and gelatin in your broth. I'd make broth with it, make a soup. That's what I would do. Robert, turkey neck soup, or would you be celebrating Take a Walk in the Park Day tomorrow? I would do the Take a Walk in the Park Day. I thought so. Okay. (laughs) Wednesday, we're going to go back in time. It's National Crayon Day. Robert Miller, do you have a favorite crayon color? Be honest. Well, first of all, it's got to be a Crayola crayon. Okay. Of course. And I always love those little orange crayons. Okay. And okay. Uh, Amanda, do you have a favorite crayon color? You know, I love getting the whole box and seeing the spectrum, and I love the blue range in particular. But okay. The whole variety pack. Do you remember when I think it was eight or ten crayons? The little, when, at least when I was, Robert, I have a feeling you remember the little ones. Amanda, maybe. And then it got a little bigger, and then it went to 32, and yeah, I think then they had 64, and I think mm-hmm. now they might have a one to- who could carry that kind of crayon box? You got to leave anyway. So much for crayon. It's also National Tater Day, which don't belong on your diet. And it's backup day. So back up your damn computers and everything. That's Wednesday. Now, Thursday, April 1st is National April Fool's Day. Ha ha. No, I'm not fooling. It's true. It's also Major League Baseball opening day. And it's burrito day. Amanda, no burritos on your diet, right? No. Robert, do you like burritos? I love burritos. Thank you. Okay. Thursday, April 1st, no fooling. You can go have a burrito and think of me, okay? Not sure why I said that. (laughs) Friday, April 2nd is Good Friday in case you're celebrating. Have a good Good Friday. It's National Children's Picture Book Day. Do you have any favorite children's picture books from when you were growing up, Robert? Well, I used to love all the the Dr. Seuss books. Are we talking about that kind of thing? You could. (laughs) Now they're out of of favor. I don't know why, but I love all of them. A few of them are out of favor, yes, and the family pulled them, which is interesting, yes. Uh, I remember um, Goodnight Moon I bought for my kids. Oh, remember? yes, of course. And the Winnie the Pooh books. Amanda, do you have any favorite children's picture books? I remember the Bobar series. Do you remember <gasps> the, the elephants? The, yes. And the, yeah, beautiful, yes. yeah. Bobar the elephant, yes. I remember Curious George as well, the monkey. Oh, my remember? goodness, absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. had some, and, and there was a little tiny set of books called Ant and Bee, A-N-T and B-E-E, hmm. Little Ant and a Bee, and they were children's books. They might have been English, and somebody gave them to my kids, a little cloth cover. They're about this big. And you just heard the page, and each page had little adventures of Ant and Bee on it. It's National Friday. It's National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Amanda, not for you, right? Or maybe. Not so much. <laughs> no. Robert, I just had a snack. I shouldn't have been in front of a room. Amanda, I had the peanut butter jar and the strawberry preserves, and it made me feel so good, and now I'm all full of sugar. Robert. My, my pe- grandkids love PBJ. 
There you go. Now, Saturday, April 3rd, is National Find a Rainbow Day. Robert, have you written any songs about rainbows? No, that's one subject that I haven't ah, touched yet. Maybe. Now you've and given me inspiration. I would love to be the inspiration. And it's Imagine a Red Rainbow. No, that wouldn't work. Amanda Rose, Find a Rainbow Day, and it's also World Party Day. What would you be doing on Saturday? What would you be celebrating? Well, if I'm finding a rainbow, I'm going to be out hiking looking for it doesn't matter if you ever find it as long as you're searching that's true now sunday is easter but there are other holidays it's international carrot day i'm not sure how we got there except easter bunny needs to eat carrots it's national hug a news person day i'm not sure who wants to hug a newspaper person these days it's national tell a lie day Robert, can you believe it? It's Easter is National Tell-A-Lie Day. Didn't we just go through a couple of years of that? <laughs> <laughs> no politics, but now I know what side you're on. And Okay, we're, we're talking business here. And it's also, it's the Quinming, Quinming Festival, which is Tomb Sweeping Day, which goes back 2,500 years, the first day of the fifth solar term of the traditional Chinese lunar solar calendar. And that means it's time for the farmers to plant the crops because the rains are abating from the winter storms and the sun is spending more time on the earth. So that's Quinming Festival, Tomb Sweeping. I don't know whether they're growing crops in the tombs. Don't go there. And Monday, I have to mention Monday, April 5th, because I'll be on the radio in the evening and the day will be almost gone. So it's national. Amanda, close your ears, please. Robert, this is for us. Deep dish pizza day. Are you up for that, Robert? (laughs) Count me in. (laughs) And it's national flash drive day. And I found out that you can get cool looking flash drives now in the shapes of, Amanda, you can't listen to this, in the shapes of hamburgers and noodles. But you can listen to this in the shapes of animals. And even there's a flash drive in the shape of Harry Styles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Robert, that probably means more to you than anybody else. I don't know where you got, you got some incredible research going on here. I do, dear. I do. That's just what I do in my spare time when I'm not busy doing everything that I do. By the way, I'm, I'm a painter now. I started painting and I have about 125 paintings in my house since COVID started. <laughs> and I switched from watercolors and uh, collages where I use packaging, like the inside of a, of a, ugh, chocolate chip cookie box has this really cool looks like tinfoil but it doesn't crinkle and it makes great when you clean it up and get the the oil off of it or the grease from the cookies you can use it as little things on collages on paintings it glues on really well onto canvas with Elmer's glue so I was doing all kinds of uh, paintings and collages but I switched to paint pouring with acrylics do either one of you know what paint pouring is you ever heard of it okay I want you to look on YouTube when you have your spare time for an Australian artist named Jilly, G-I-L-L-Y, like Jillian, Jilly Cube, K-U-B-E. And she's one of the premier paint pourers. And you put acrylics, acrylic paints each into little plastic cups, and you pour them on the canvas in different patterns of mixed colors. And then you tilt the canvas, and the liquid paints run into each other in patterns you would never be able to get with a brush. It makes the most phenomenal, and I am now a devotee of paint pouring. There are many, many techniques. You use a balloon with a little water in it, and when the paint is just not quite so mushy, you push the paint into a set of colors that are layered on top of each other, and you get what they call balloon kisses. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And you can use a piece of string dipped in the paint, and you put the string on a plain canvas in an S-shape, and then you pull the string from the bottom, and it creates a set of lilies, S-shaped lily flowers that are just 
gorgeous. And I use a lot of glitter on mine. So my colors now are whatever the color is on the bottle of the pourable paints or on the tube of acrylic paints, which you can add pouring medium to and make them into liquid. So my colors are no longer the Crayola colors, Robert Miller. They're more on what's on what's on the artist loft and other companies' paints. And I'm having a blast. My hands are covered with paint all the time, and it's really, really fun. So we've got nine minutes left. So let's talk a little bit more about where you're all going with all of this. So Amanda, since I started with Robert, let me go to you first right now. What What's coming up the pike, down the road, whatever direction you want for you with your, your uh, Eat Like a Bear and with your big salad? Anything new happening already in 2021, or where are you heading with all of this? Please. The, the big project, I'm mean, kind of at a transition point in this. Uh, we are counting down our century cases. And so we're at 75 now, and I'm really looking at that 100 mark and trying to celebrate it in a way that I really, I, I don't even really celebrate my birthdays, for instance, but I'm trying to be mindful that this is a big thing. It's a big thing for me. It's a big thing for lots of people in the community. And so I'm going live on YouTube and talking about it more. And I'm going to bring in the stories and really tell the stories. We have lots of little viral stories happening around the country of, you know, people see my case, but then they go off and do it and people in their neighborhood see it and follow them. And so all these little clusters of virality, basically, and we want to document those stories. That's what I hope to be doing better by the end of 2021. Well, Amanda, between you and Robert, something magical is happening right now. I have to report to both of you. We're streaming live on Facebook and we have reached 2,338 people already with this show. It doubled about 20 minutes ago. It was at 1,200. It's just shy of 2,400. Amanda, I know you promoted your appearance. Robert, did you tell anybody you're going to be on my show tonight? Of course I did. Well, between the two of you, how is this possible? I don't think I've ever had a radio show reach almost 2,400 people. So let's all do a hello, Facebook. Just say hello, Facebook. Hi, Facebook. All of your fans, Amanda Rose and Robert Miller, I am so grateful. Not only are both of you wonderful guests, but I appreciate the promo. I really do. I'm, I'm very indebted to both of you for caring and sharing that you're going to be on my show. And now, Robert, let's fast forward into the crystal ball for you. Where are you going with Project? Grand Slam, and what's is there a new pioneering streak in Robert Miller, the musician? Where are you? What's going to happen in the next year or two? Any goals, well, plans? Two things that are happening right now. Number one, I do have a new album coming up, uh, a new solo album that I just named. It's called Miller Rocks. It, I've been moving more and more towards my rock and roll background, and this one kind of just came out of me that way. And again, it was another COVID based album so we did it remotely and that means that I started to record on my iPhone and then mm-hmm. we started to bring other people in but it's a very good album I really love it and it's going to be coming out soon and the other thing that I'm doing is I started my own podcast yes um, which is called follow your dream because it said I said to myself you know I've been fortunate to be able to uh, do exactly that, to follow my dream when I was later in life. And it it said to me, you're never too old and it's never too late to follow your dream. And maybe I can help others do the same thing because there are so many people out there that have dreams or they've suppressed their dreams because, as we've said earlier, life got in the way. 
And maybe if they had the encouragement and the inspiration, they would finally get to a point where they would be able to go after their dream. So that's the purpose of the uh, the podcast. It launched on March 15th. And so far, we've we, it's done very, very well, I think. And I'm really enjoying that. Wonderful. And, and the world is visual right now. I sent for my radio shows when we don't live stream the video. I call it competing for ear share because my business shows are about heavy topics like Internet of Things and supply chain and the office of the CFO, financial excellence and things like that, manufacturing and mobility and, and business topics like that. But I tell my guests you have to be engaging on the audio, even if people don't see you on the video, because we're competing. But Robert, to your point, are you video streaming your podcast, Robert, or is it just audio? Well, it's it's mainly audio, although I do put them up on YouTube now. And today, I did the first the first time I did a, a, a live stream on Facebook yep. at the same time as we did the. Uh, the podcast. And that was pretty interesting. It's exciting. It's very exciting. I stream some of my business shows to LinkedIn, but I stream my Monday night show and my Wednesday show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. I stream them to Facebook. And when, when it works, I stream them to LinkedIn, which is sometimes a challenge. But I'm saying that People want the storytelling. They want to know who you are, Amanda. They want to look at you. They want to sense your your emotions, talking about what you did, your pride and what you do and your relationship with the people who are following you and your empathy. Very, very important. And Robert, they want to hear and see you while you're talking about making your music. And I think live streaming the video is a way to go. I've had a TV show for many years. I was on in Great Neck, Long Island, Robert, at the PATV studios, and I had four TV series. And I moved here, and I was doing remote and having people in the house, and COVID happened, blah, blah, blah. And now that I put all my radio shows onto Zoom and live stream some of them, I don't send TV shows to the TV stations anymore because to me, talking to you, Robert Miller, and you, Amanda Rose, PhD, we're on TV as far as I'm concerned right now. I'm having a TV experience. So this has replaced what I love to do, which was talking to people face-to-face. We just happen to be a couple of miles apart. So we've got about three minutes left, and I have breaking news here from Josh, my wonderful engineer who did the homework I should have done, and he said, Lucy Lawless played Xena Warrior Princess back in the 90s. Remember? Xena, X-E-N-A. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate the research very, very much. Do you have any shout outs you want to do to any of your your friends, your clients? What do you call them, Amanda? You call them your followers, your your uh, apostolites? I don't know what you what do you call the people who who do the eat like the bear with you? What do you call them? Members? My people, my community. So yeah, absolutely. Shout out this is, I mean, this is our day, 75 people. Um, that's just the century cases. We have people grinding to the finish line, starting from all kinds of weights and um, spreading the word out in their communities. And that's why we're growing is the power of, of that message. And so thank you all. And thank you for being here on Facebook. And um, maybe make a comment in the <clears throat> Facebook post right now and share it with some friends. And I love it. Send I'm them to Red here. This is, the, this is your chance for... Um, Great entertainment and escapism is Red's weekly show right here. Uh, You're very sweet. You're very sweet. Robert, anybody you want to do a quick shout out? I have my closing messages coming up. Quick shout out, Robert. You know what? Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to my dreamers. Okay. All the people out there that that have a dream. 
but have not pursued it yet, that's what my podcast is all about, and and it's for them. Very nice. I'm going to be listening in and keep me on your list. So here here are my, I found, uh, I renewed my membership in Quark Express, which I haven't used in years, and I found my notes from some of my radio shows. By the way, Robert, I was the Friday night drive time host on WGBB AM 1240 before it went from Chinese radio during the day to uh, Vanity Radio at night. I was the, I was the, the bridge show, they called it. Is so there anything we, that you haven't done? <laughs> probably one or two things. So here's, here's the closing message I used to use. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Is there anything better than that? Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> and never regret anything that made you smile. And one more closing message. Work like you don't need the money. Maybe you do. Keep working. Work because of your passion. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco, line dances, and ballroom and Latin, people watch. Trust me. Sing like nobody's listening. I try not to sing on the radio. It's hard sometimes. And love like you've never been hurt. Because when it all comes down to it, nobody really cares because we've all been hurt. Just keep going on. Money talks. Chocolate sings. That's not for you, Amanda. And last but not least, and Robert, I stole this from another radio host I heard years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Wave goodbye, (laughs) Radio Red. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Robert. Everybody, happy Easter. Happy Pesach. Everybody, you two stick around. Thank you, Josh. Signing off. Read my lips. Cool conversations with creatives. And thank you to all of the viewers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.